Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the H2O Podcast. My name is Jason Hunt. And I am Timothy Harvey. And tonight, we're going to talk about stuff and things. As is our want. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, good evening, Dave. Um, we're we're probably going to do, I, I hate to say this, we're probably going to go short. And, of course, Mrs. Boss uh, has already expressed her um, skepticism that we'll go short. Because <laughs> anytime we say, yeah, it's going to be a short show tonight, it ends up not being. But, uh, but yeah. It's, well, it depends uh, on how short you want to go, because we can actually do this entire show in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, we could. The we actual could. thing, the actual subject of the show is... I mean, we yeah. can literally read off the definitions and go, all right, folks, the pro- seriously, that's what See, it is. Bye. <laughs> so so what we were talking about, we were going to talk about this last week, and then Kirstie Alley passed away, and so we, we thought we'd talk about uh, her career. But, but this is something that's been bugging me for a very, very, very long time. And it's one of those things where... I, I every time I see something that just makes my teeth grind, I was like, "We need to be talking about this." <clears throat> and it could, it could, uh, it could be a live from the bunker rant where I could go for a, a, an hour, hour and a half about this and and complain and gripe. But I thought we'd be a little bit more constructive and do it here and and kind of put some some you know useful information out there uh i i i'm looking gruff they're saying in the chat yeah well you know i'm well I, and that's why that's why we're we're, we're probably in, gonna run short tonight i'm is. in scruffy but i'm in scruffy looking nerf herder mode for the next couple of weeks i guess right and also you're <clears throat> and i'm not feeling all that great not feeling your best no. so we're but gonna I, it's funny know, I was we're, telling, we're bearing that in mind yeah because i i got out over the weekend and had to do some stuff and and got out into the elements and i think it's it's stuck with me a little bit it's <sighs> i have a weird job and uh, this this last few days i have i have set up uh, a corporate christmas party rock concert <clears throat> I have run a camera for the Christmas party rock concert. It, Tim, you've run a camera here every now and again. It's, you probably mm-hmm. will understand this when I say sometimes it's better for the cameras if the concert has the lights on. So I have found, generally speaking, <laughs> that turning the lights on for most filming events is generally preferred yes yes well this this band uh the all-american rejects not bad not bad they're they're they're, pretty good performers and very entertaining but (coughs) excuse me they they decided to go into rave mode about halfway through which means all of the lights on stage were off and you had some lights kind of pointed at the audience and whatnot which means None of our cameras caught any of it. I was like, really? Right. 
I mean, there were some little state, you know, little mounted cameras on the state, you know, like GoPros and that kind of thing, just little little sure. ones going through. But our our main two cameras out front didn't see squat, and uh, <laughs> it was like we're not going to see anything out here. Uh, so there was that, and then Saturday morning we pulled it apart. Saturday afternoon we did Good Evening Multiverse. And then Sunday, I packed dinosaurs. <laughs> it was it's just been a weird few days. I just tell you, it's I my know. favorite one of those gigs is one that you actually brought me in on, and it was was it AMC that big some big corporate announcement? Oh thing? yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So we we were I there for them. two days, and in those two days, which we got paid for, and we got paid pretty well for those two days. Yes, we did. Um, and we worked for approximately two hours. Yeah. <laughs> and it was very dull, but it was also, you're going to pay me to sit here and drink coffee and oh, okay, sure. Yeah, I right. guess we're just, we're just babysitting the cameras, you know, it's not even right. a big deal. So yeah, it's, exactly. yeah, it was, it was something, but, <clears throat> uh, day. <laughs> Dave says, "Hopefully you weren't the mosh pit camp. No, uh, I a buddy of mine was was the 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 floor camera, the the roving camera. And yeah, you're right. You got to do what you got to do. We're just like right. find the shot, find the shot, find a shot, find a shot. I you get something right. And uh, so yeah, it was a it was an interesting interesting time to say the least. Right. So, but yeah, it's I think I think something kind of stuck." Well, yeah, and and it's it's that time of year where where the body your body just wants to sit there and go right. You're supposed to be in hibernation mode anyway. So yeah, I'm I'm tarred, as they say in the south. So anyway, that's all right. That's all right. We'll we'll because this is an educational session, and and we don't have to, you know, <laughs> um, dive. Yeah. Honestly, the the funny thing is, we talked. I mentioned this a little on on Saturday for Good Evening Multiverse. Um, some of this comes out of the fact that everything is designed to have a catchy headline, right? And right. and it's like, oh, you know, 33 Easter eggs in Game of Thrones. And it's like, okay, well, five of those are Easter eggs. And, you know, but the thing is, is that the, the thing I referenced on, on uh, Saturday was, of course, you know, the concern, you know, the layoffs happening over at Shutter, based on due to the layoffs happening at AMC overall. Yeah. And we were getting news stories with headlines saying, you know, Shutter is being axed. It's like, well, no, it's not. Right. It's like, um, are you are you practicing responsible journalism here with that headline? I well, don't think so. And and again, we run into the, there's a couple of problems that we that historically a lot of people writing articles for newspapers and, and websites have more than once sat there and went, I didn't write that headline. I hate that headline. Yeah. And it's like, if I could have, if I could have walked down the, the hallway to the person who's writing headlines and grabbed them and shook them for five minutes, I would have been very happy. But the, but you know, they, they want to grab your attention. And I don't know that the holisticle is a sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> But it's close. I mean, so okay. Well, and, and in fairness, some of those lists are kind of fun. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not immune to the lure of you know 
and I just well, I, this is one I just saw not too long ago. Ten Marvel characters with, with ridiculous powers, and I'm like, okay, just ten. They're Marvel superheroes. <laughs> I mean, by definition, they have ridiculous powers. I'm I'm sorry, and, and all superheroes do. They're superheroes, but but still, you know, they you sit there and go, oh, which ones are they referring to? You know, and yeah. sometimes I'm just as much of a sucker for that stuff as anything else. Because sometimes you just have, you know, five minutes, you don't have anything to do with. <laughs> right? Right. You're waiting in the DMV or whatever. But I think it's, I think for me, it's every, every one of these things. And now I, I gotta, I gotta give props ish to Ryan Airy over at Screen Crush because they were, they were some of the first that I saw that broadened their, titles in in order to say easter eggs references and things you missed and and mm -hmm. basically kind of kind of painted with a broad brush on that but you know you've got stuff from collider and screen rant some other things where they're talking you know 30 movie easter eggs you might have missed you know all these things and i go through all of these items on their list and like you said there's maybe Five to eight percent of them, <coughs> excuse me, five to eight percent of them that are actually Easter eggs, right? Well, I think that one thing that if, if you're if you're looking for like the quick and dirty breakdown between these two things, I mean, if you you know, if we had to do the show in five minutes, folks, Easter eggs are something visual or auditory mm -hmm. that are hidden or not obvious in the visual or auditory medium right so right. if you're watching uh raiders of the lost ark and you see r2d2 uh in the hieroglyphics that's an easter egg yes and and it's not only is it hidden or or just kind of there for you to pick up on if you get it it's also a reference to something completely different that doesn't have anything to do with the story that's being told. It's a wink. It's a we all right. we all know what this is. You're going to get the joke type of thing. And, and right. sometimes it sometimes it can be a thing that is is targeted towards a specific segment of the audience. So for example, get to Guardians of the Galaxy, the first Guardian of the Galaxy. This which one had Howard the Duck? The second one. No. This, okay. Whichever one it was, technically, <clears throat> that's an Easter egg because it's a isn't thing it, that only a certain percentage of the audience is going to understand what's going on. But is it an Easter egg or is it a cameo? It, it, well, it, yes. Because then, then you start it's both. to... Well, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the, 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 you can get blurry on the edges, but it, the, the, there's, a, there's a sliver because, folks, the movie audiences for, for superhero films and the comic audiences for superhero films, the comic reader audiences, are not necessarily, you know, the don't always thing. line up. <laughs> mm, now I'm going to cough, too. It's contagious through the Internet. It's, inter um, it's, but, uh, it's that Internet gas that, uh, that, was, that was going around here a while back. Right. Um, so, but there's only, you know, there's like, I don't know, God only knows how tiny a, a sliver of that audience is going to go. Howard the Duck. Yeah. The rest of the audience is going, why, why is there a duck in a suit? A talking duck. 
it's like boom. Yeah. but i mean so that's 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 stretching it right so you can stretch this stuff but most of the stuff is going to be like an image in the background um in comic books you see sometimes people will put references to other a lot of uh, artists will put references to writers or or they'll make a reference to um uh some sort of you know con incontinuity thing or they'll make a re reference to somebody you know a different a competitor's comic dc and marvel would do this sometimes to right. be some reference to you'd see clark kent in the background of some scene in you know in spider-man in the comic right or right. you'd see some you'd see some web-slinging silhouette in the background of some you know shot in metropolis in Superman, right? You'd see that kind of thing. Those are those are little, you know, the, that's examples of that. And you get stuff in to some degree. The Wilhelm scream might be though. I mean, if you if you wanted to, it could, right? I think I think the Wilhelm scream is in a category by itself. It's not really well, yes, an Easter egg. I mean, it started as an Easter egg. Because when when Ben Burt put it in the first Star Wars movie, it hadn't been used since you know the the fifties. Um, I think now it's become a trope more than it has an Easter egg, just because of how often it's been used sure. to reference back to Star Wars and and or, you know, or, or, or somebody might. I think you could also call it an homage. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah, but it's definitely a trope. But Star Wars too. has a few of those because when when Luke Skywalker comes in, and you know they're they're bringing Chewbacca into the to the cell block, and he says, "This is a prisoner transfer from cell block one one three eight. That's an Easter egg referencing George Lucas's movie THX one one three eight. Back to the Future. When you have Twin Pines Mall become Lone Pines Mall, that's not an Easter egg, Collider. Right. That's not an Easter egg. That's a plot, and that's not that's even, a plot point. That's that's a well, yeah, and thing. It's not, it, and, and you can't even, because the other thing we're talking about, Easter eggs and throwbacks or callbacks. Callbacks, yeah. Um, and the, the thing is, is that that's not even a callback. No, it's not. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a cause and effect element right. in the, in the story. And in fact, what that is is a visual joke. Yeah, and now, that's and, and those are great. We love visual jokes in the genre. That's you know, there is but. a there is a callback ish within Back to the Future, because um, you have in the beginning Red Duke or Red ever, Red whoever is running for mayor, right? And then you mm -hmm. go or or Goldie Wilson's running for mayor re-election. And then you get back to the 50s, you've got another person running for mayor, so you've got that visual callback. And, you know, the Back to the Future movies both all have those same things, you know, walking across the street, going through the, going through the town square, almost getting run over. Hey, I'm walking here, which is an Easter egg callback to um, Easy Rider, which is a different movie. And, you know, those mm -hmm. kind of things. Um, Jaws 20,007, whatever, directed by Max Spielberg, right? That's an Easter egg. It's a Max Spielberg is Steven Spielberg's kid. Those are, those are Easter eggs, mm -hmm. you know. Um, 
Andor, if you if you go through and you watch Andor in the in the antique shop that Luthen runs, there's all sorts of little Easter eggs in there. The the things that are in the shop. They're they're visual cues, they're visual little things, they're wink and a nod to the fans the, who are going to get the joke, get the gag. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll understand, you know, it's like it's like uh, Steve Rogers. I understood that reference. You know, that's that's those things. Well, and and the Avengers one, I mean, as a as a callback, there's Mid- that Midnight great Cowboy. On your left. Yes, Dave, Midnight Cowboy. I'm, I was wrong. It was not Easy Rider. It was Midnight. Cowboy. Oh, okay. Sorry. You've got uh, uh, you know, as a as a callback, you've got on your left, right? You've got because the first yeah. time that Sam and 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 uh, Steve meet, it's the, that's that jogging, the running sequence, right? And it's on your left. Yep. And so when you get to the, the the big climactic moment and you hear Sam say on your left, everyone's like, <gasps> yeah. And it's a great example of using callback as as a piece of, of dialogue, and you can use it as a visual. Uh, Final Destination Five. Um, if you've not seen the Final De- Destination films, and they were kind of PG thirteen horror movies, um, and a lot of them were pretty bad. They were basically <laughs> how how can we kill off teenagers through various Rube Goldberg um, contraptions? And you know, and but there were some clever, you know, uh, some of these movies. It's all about the clever kill, right? Right. Um, but there's a moment in Final Destination Five. And Final Destination 5 is actually a really clever movie. I'm not a huge fan of the Final Destination series, but even I can appreciate what they did there. Because, spoiler alert, for a film you don't need to watch, um, the end of the film reveals that it takes place before the first movie. And they connect. And it's a beautiful little moment where the callback is a plot point. Hmm. But if you're a fan of the series, you're like, oh. and then the movie's over. Yeah. And it's 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 a clever use of working a callback into the story in a way that matters. The folks who if you if, if you've no, only ever seen Final Destination 5 in the series, you're not necessarily you're not going to get the impact that the folks who have seen that film are. And it's a specific reference for that. And considering that the basically, if you're a fan of the movies, basically one and five are the one and two you need to watch anyway, because <laughs> the first one was like, oh, this is this is new. And the fifth one's like, all right, can we get one of these to be good again? Yeah, Could, maybe. <laughs> well, maybe. you have you have a lot of a lot of Easter eggs show up in uh genre stuff so science fiction and fantasy uh, i specifically in the in stargate there was an early episode i can't remember if it was the first episode or the second where carter and o'neill get trapped on an ice planet right <clears throat> because they're there and there's no <coughs> excuse me there's no dhd the dhd doesn't work and so they can't dial mm-hmm. home and Carter says, well, I think I can MacGyver something together. That's an Easter egg because you've got Richard Dean Anderson sitting right there who played MacGyver. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and there's another one. It's a it's a reference to the movie that. But, of course, you know, this the series picks up a year after the movie takes place. But right. later in the series, I think somewhere around the sixth or seventh season, 
Jack O'Neill is spending a lot of time in Washington, and and there are reporters starting to ask questions, and people are starting to figure out that there's something going on in Cheyenne Mountain and whatnot. And there was there's a particular scene where he's been confronted by this reporter, and he tells him it's O'Neill with one L, or it's O'Neill with two L's. Right. You know, yeah. One L is the other guy, and it's a it's a callback. It's a it's an Easter egg type of thing to the movie because the spelling of O'Neill changed from the movie to the, to the TV show. And so they made a thing, they made it a bit. Right. Those are the kinds of things when you have, you have those little aha moments, you know, that it's, it's the, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio coming off of the, off of the TV going that I, I, I know that. You know, I've I've seen that. I I know what that is. So, uh, yeah, uh, when Charlton Heston is in Planet of the Apes and he plays an ape and he does his line from Planet of the Apes, except it's it's flipped. <laughs> Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, it's, it's flipped. He unfortunately, say, it, yeah. sometimes they just don't land. That's an yeah. example for me personally. That's that's like oh, it just felt clunky. It feels less like a callback than. A terribly unoriginal script. No, well, <laughs> well, and, and another one is is you often see something, and and this can get fuzzy, right? It can get fuzzy. So you get something like they talk about how at the end of the movie Split, um, you've got the reveal that it takes place in the same universe as Unbreakable. Oh, right. Um, so you got M Night Shyamalan, and it's. I mean, it's technically you could say, yes, it is a callback because you have the character from this other movie show up and say the name of a character from that film. But M. Night complicates this because M. Night's films are movie twist. Yeah. He's got a formula. And so really what you get here is less of a callback than a twist ending where it's revealed that it takes place. I mean, it, it, it could be read as a callback, but it's less that than a different a different kind of storytelling, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that he has made for good and for ill his calling card for his career. And um, I mean, if if you just had seen Bruce Willis's character in the background and not had him actually be like. Here's the reveal of, you know, See, basically that, setting up the sequel. That to me still wouldn't be an Easter egg so much as it would be a cameo because it involves an actor in a scene. To me, Easter eggs are, are generally something either a prop or a sign, you know, piece of set decoration or, you know, something like generally that. Generally speaking, yeah. Generally, I think you could get away with, I think you could get away with calling it an Easter egg if character literally walked past i mean most cameos involve being there long enough to yeah. have an even even if it's just a throwaway joke i mean all you have to do is look at films like you know well um, i see i wouldn't i wouldn't look at alfred hitchcock movies and see him and and think that's an easter egg to me that's a cameo. oh no it's, it's a, well yeah and, but I, I, some of it also comes down to when it actually falls in the history of filmmaking because Easter eggs were have become much more a modern, they're much more of a modern phenomenon mm -hmm. than you were getting back 
in classic films. You would you would occasionally get something, um, mostly cameos. You wouldn't get the, the you know if you're getting you know Armand Flint, and you know a certain car pulls up, and uh, a one-off Bond happens to look over. Okay, you yeah. get the joke. Right. It's, it's but it's a cameo. It's if the Easter egg, the Easter egg would be, you know. Now it'd be Armin Flint. The fact that no one has revived the Armin Flint movies um, <laughs> is a little bit of a surprise. But the be like walking down the street and walking past, you know, a car backing up, and you get a shot of the license plate, and then he just walks on. Yeah, I mean that would that would be you know the modern equivalent, but. Yeah. You get into this now, where, and especially with some of these filmmakers who are in, a lot of it is people who've been inspired by other filmmakers. So making a reference to Star Wars, making a reference to Star Trek, making a reference to Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones in another story. Mm -hmm. um, and you and I talked about this when we reviewed uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife is there's a lot of callbacks to the original series. Yes, there is. And 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 one of the things that callbacks can really do in terms of having an impact on an audience is when it's handled correctly, hit that nostalgia trigger. Mm -hmm. And by, however you feel about the Star Wars sequels, you and I were both very aware when that first, the first trailer for the, the new trilogy came out. And especially if you're of certain age yeah. you get the visuals and you get the music and it's a nostalgia trigger and that can have a real powerful impact on an audience it's unfair to manipulate them um <laughs> i had uh, such uh, high hopes for the kindly but but I mean, and but the thing is is that film you know, the filmmakers want to make you feel something and some of them are really really good at making that and having it work and some of them are not but those moments in Ghostbusters Afterlife were integrated st strongly enough and organically enough within that script that they didn't feel overall, they didn't feel manipulative. Yeah. But there's a lot of callbacks and it's meant to. And, and I think that if you're doing a passing of the torch, the next generation kind of thing, that can be a very effective way of linking, you know, the earlier version if it's handled well, and that's yeah. always the challenge. If and, it's handled and the well. superhero stuff, the superhero shows kind of do that um, more on the TV side than on than in the movies. But you have things like, um, you know, a certain line gets said, a certain uh, a certain prop is there. Um, there's a Oh, well, oh, I've got a bad feeling about this. I've got a bad feeling about this. That's a callback, uh, unless mm -hmm. unless it's in a uh, unless it's in a different show, then it could be an Easter egg, depending on how you how it's used. But um, mm -hmm. you have things like um, like the Mandalorian's rifle, which is kind of an Easter egg because it's based on the rifle he used in the animated show where he debuted the first first time we ever saw Boba Fett so stuff like that um MS is asking if Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies Easter egg or cameo that's cameo right but the appearance of Sam Raimi's car the Oldsmobile in every 
is a Easter egg. Yes, yes. The old also movie. a cameo, but it's not alive. So, <clears throat> well, as far as we know, it's not alive. Right. <laughs> but it's that that that's an Easter egg because it's always in there, and and it's kind of like well, I mean, Pixar has been doing this for you know they they do this in a lot of their movies where you see you know there's what that truck that that shows up in yes, everything the pizza, pizza planet uh, but truck. they've done they've done some other they've done other stuff too i mean the the claw from toy story has shown up in more than one place yeah um and so i mean it's that's and that's kind of become sometimes you know you end up building this like reputation for doing the easter egg thing right Right. Just like Marvel movies are, are you got to have the the mid credits, you know, scene. Yeah. Um, for for a lot of these folks, they they've kind of made it part of their their style. It's like if if you don't see a, if if you don't see, you know, certain things, certain background blink and you miss it moments in Pixar films, you're like, wait a minute. Well, and some broken? of them, some of them are subtle because you look at oh, you're like yeah. in the first in the first Toy Story movie, uh, Sid's house. The carpet in Sid's house is the same carpet from the Stanley Hotel in Shining. <laughs> right. Right. It, and and it's it's these are it, these right. are little visual things. There's even a Jurassic Park uh, Easter egg, and I can't remember if it's in the first one or the second one, where you know. The, the the little plastic dinosaur has a has a shot there's a there's a visual reference to the T-Rex shot at the end of the first Jurassic Park you know where everything is as is destroyed and the banners coming down and the you know the T-Rex gives off a yell well there's there's that shot in one of the Toy Story movies I want to say it's the second one but I, it could be the first one mm-hmm. but you know um Wally has stuff like that, and you know, oh, yeah. and <laughs> there are other there are other places where this kind of stuff shows up. You know, where you have, I mean, I've I've done it in in my films where I'll have, you know, I have businesses in my in my shows named after teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not a, it's not, a, it's just a little, it's just a little thing. It's a little nod and a wink that I do. And I, I make my, you know, I put, I put the names of favorite teachers for businesses and, and stuff like that. Right. But you, you can do these little things where you have, you know, the teacup on the shelf in your horror picture could look like Mrs. Potts from Beauty and the Beast, right? That's an Easter right. egg. It's a right. It's and, a thing you see, and you go, "Aha! I know what that is." Well, and and now that in, in this era of the podcast, conveniently, mm-hmm. which we uh, we do a lot of, but in this era of the fiction podcast, you can have Easter eggs in terms of sound effects, um, uh, callbacks, also in sound effects, but also in. Names. Uh, one of my favorite uh, podcasts is the Magnus Archives. It's a British horror podcast, and every char- all the main characters, with the exception of one, are named after horror writers. Mm. But no attention is ever drawn to, is ever drawn to that. It's just simply uh, uh, Barker King. Uh, um, you know those names show up in in these in these main characters, um, and that's what there is. They are they are you know all of all of 
the main characters of the show, the heroic main characters, the good guys, are named after the the, the horror writers right. um, that influence the guy who writes the show. So, I mean, that's a, and that's the kind of thing that, quite frankly, he had to point out to people. Eventually, he's like, that's what these are. And uh, like five of you got the reference. And okay, that's fine. <laughs> there's, a, there's a series of books. I want to say Keith, Keith the Candido helped finish the third one. I can't remember who it was that he was writing them with, but it was a it was a series of of military science fiction, and uh, DeCandido had started as an editor on them, and he got invited to help finish the third one when when um, oh, I've drawn a blank on his name, but uh, it, you know poor health. I'm not I'm not going to finish. Keith, you take over and finish, and mm. all. All of a certain type of character in those books <clears throat> are named after Medal of Honor winners. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's one of those things you don't you don't recognize it, you don't see it unless you know. But right. it was it was a nice little nod to you know a, a certain a certain thing in well, there, and so yeah, and I th- some of those some of those Easter eggs can be tributes to. Either the folks who've inspired you, or folks that that you want to draw attention to, yeah. and a lot of authors and, and and storytellers will not necessarily draw attention to those things, um, but they'll just be in there for their own sense. And they're always pleased when somebody notices them because ideally they they get noticed and people make the connections. Um, but it doesn't always happen. Um, yeah. We have talked in the past about how um, Superman Returns is a, a mixed bag of a movie um but there's that great scene in there where he's got the car he's holding it over his head and it's it's directly reproducing the shot of action comics one yes and it is a callback to the comic and i think you could also argue that it's an easter egg for folks who are going to get the reference i think so i think you could say it's an easter egg yes and and i think you could probably get some cross every now and again you can you can get some crossover where they kind of are depending on you know which angle you're looking at it from it's it's fair thing to call it the but pi- it's mostly an easter egg yeah. i would say the pilot of superman and lois one of the early scenes where we see superman for the first time in this show he's wearing a different costume he's wearing you know the cool costume thanks my mom made it right and it is visually almost identical to the costume Superman wears in the old Max Fleischer cartoons. That's the only time you ever see it. And it's Mm. one of those where I know where that's from, you know, and it's, it's definitely an Easter egg in its design because it's, it, it does say, you know, it, it, it acknowledges the history of this character mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't get in the way of the story. It's not right. distracting at all, but it's a nice visual that says, yeah, we get it. We know what we're doing. Everybody hang on for the ride. And, and it, was a, it was a very fun bit. When I saw that, I thought, oh, that's the Fleischer costume because we've never seen it before in live action. And it actually holds up. It looks pretty cool. I was like, sure. why didn't they keep it? But they gotta they gotta <laughs> go all modern with everything. It's dumb. 
So well, and I think that you could also get into some some fuzzy areas where where for example when when actors come back in a later film there's a lot of like it's you know this is this is a callback it's like well kind of sometimes right a lot of times that's just a, an actor reprising their role one of the examples i've seen a, a fairly a number of times is the 21 jump street movie where they bring back the with uh uh Johnny Depp and Peter DeLuise, uh, who are from the TV show. Right. And they show up in the movie. And it's like, mm, mostly that's cameos. Yeah, those are cameos. But to some degree, it's a callback to try and connect the two. So it can get a little fuzzy there, but it's more cameo than a callback. And by the way, if you, if we've talked about more than once on this show, um, they make the movie version of the TV show and they get yes. the tone wrong. Yes. Or they, or they make it up. Um, <clears throat> oddly enough, although 21 Jump Street was a comedy and the TV show was often funny, but not for the right, not for the planned reasons. Um, it's an entertaining version of that. It's not a great movie. No. But they get the tone overall right in terms of it making the quote unquote serious show about adult cops going into high schools um, into a comedy, they get the tone mostly right. Mm. Eh, if if you want, if, you know, if you want to deal with such things, we don't generally don't, no. but I've seen it. So it's not, you know, but it's, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm looking at this stuff and I'm thinking there, there really needs to be a refresher for a lot of these media people to and and some of them could be young maybe they don't understand the concept of an easter egg let let's 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 set the table here a little bit after the fact where the the ter- or the term easter egg apparently uh and i'm just finding this out today the the term easter egg apparently comes from the rocky horror picture show where the cast and crew <clears throat> had an Easter egg hunt on the set. And <laughs> that sounds a- about right. Apparently there were three Easter eggs that didn't get found. And they're in the picture. They're in the mm. they're in the movie. And so that's where the term Easter egg comes from, because if you can find the Easter eggs in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, that's the that's where it started. The term. I mean, I'm sure there were some things, you know, the visual cues and the references and whatnot before that. But that's where the that's where the term apparently comes from, is that there are actual Easter eggs in the Rocky Horror Picture Show that aren't supposed to be there. And if you find them, you go, you're aha, there I see it. And that's where which, it considering the, the callback system with the Rocky Horror Picture Show live shows, only seems like it would be something that you could add in there as well. Right. Um, it became a. It became a. Um, I think before it really became a big thing in film and television, it was the the computer folks, the folks doing the video games, were right. really actively putting in Easter eggs and actively. You know, hiding hiding stuff in there, and then there was a time when it was like 
I have to find the thing that they the developer has hidden in the in the game. Yeah, it was or you get somebody like twenty years later, they'd sit there and go, "Nobody ever found the thing we hid in there. <laughs> we thought they'd find it the the secret room or the yeah. or the hidden message." And it's like nobody ever found it. We're disappointed. <laughs> you know. Every now and again, you still see those stories pop up from those from yeah. those early video games where they, you know, someone discovers a room that was hidden there for decades and right. But how those games, how how we consumed those games was different then too. So. That's true. And and back in the day, uh, you didn't have all of the all of the. Uh, social media and reddit and 4chan and all these places oh, where yeah. people could talk about all of these different things well you had you had bulletin board services at one time you know in the beginnings of the internet but prior to that you know you're writing letters to people or you're printing up your your right. your your uh fanzine in the in the garage and mailing it out to 25 people or whatnot so maybe well, you can you can also see the concept of the Easter egg going off in alternate reality games. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big player of ARGs, but um, every now and again I'll come across some ARG that I'll dive into just to explore what kind of clever thing or not so clever thing hmm. sometimes the creators came up with. Oh, there's a lot of horror and genre RPGs uh, or RPGs, yes, but ARGs yeah. and. Um, a lot of them are in basically you have to catch the Easter eggs. You have to find the hidden, the hidden reference to something else yeah. within the, in, within the, the visual medium or the storytelling or whatever. Um, otherwise you can't go any further in the game or you're not going to get the, the full piece of it. And some of that stuff can be really very clever and, and some of it can be uh, unnecessarily complicated. And, you know, the, the part of the thing, about the easter egg in its modern version is that you want people to find it eventually right you don't want to hide it so well that you know nobody ever gets the joke or gets the reference um so well i'm flashing there what's going on uh i'm i'm moving i'm moving you to see if i can get some of the some of the um uh pixelation out because apparently you're pixelating a little bit so i i just i'm not seeing i'm not seeing pixelation on youtube i don't know it's a weird it's a weird thing i don't it's know weird. It, it could be just um, me but uh we got a comment a over on the odyssey chat publishing your better ideas says i miss those bbs's and that was that was back in the day when things were innocent and not quite so dumpster fire-ish i guess maybe uh look the the social media is a whole other topic that is um, yes. and, and it's not a topic for tonight so no no and and you know what i think that that because we are we talked about keeping it short and we're at 45 minutes and yeah. for us that's short that's short <laughs> and you need to go rest so, so to recap, real, really quick, just just so everybody has, and this is something that you can clip if you want to share this with other people. Easter egg is a visual or audible reference 
hidden in a movie or TV show or a book. It could be it could be something in a in a book or a comic book or a video game that references some other story somewhere. A call- it could be internal to that 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 chronology. It could be right. it could be it can be a callback to or I'm sorry a callback. It could be a thing. Uh, it's this is what happens. Yeah. It can be a reference to something within that world so that or outside, as long as it's you know it's not an obvious thing. It's like right in front of your face. If it's a big sign going, you know, yeah. look here, it misses the point. Yes, and a a callback is an actual repeat of something from earlier. So it could be a it within that story, it could be within the trilogy, you know, I have a bad feeling about this. Those those kind of things where some it's a it's a repeating element mm-hmm. that goes yeah. back to Arnold Schwarzenegger you're saying I'll be back in a bunch of his movies. Right. right. Exactly. It's a yeah. there. So publishing um, your better X. ideas says right to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, counting eggs in the show. Okay. So here's here's your here's your fun bit for the week, folks. This is your homework assignment. Y'all going to watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show. My understanding is that there are three actual Easter eggs somewhere in the movie. So y'all find them, and you can send us a note. Tell us where they are. H2O at sci-fi4me.com. And we'll talk about it again next week. I would recommend, if possible, because you can still find these running around the country... Um, if you can find, if you got a theater in your town, which is playing it to a live audience. Oh, wouldn't that be fun? It's, it's so much more fun to, to do it with, to go and watch it with a live audience than it is to watch it at home. Yeah. But it see, is, if, it, you, if, you if you've never the, seen it, it really is an audience participation show. But if you had the live audience and now you give them this, Hey, by the right? way, folks, did you know? There are actual Easter eggs in the movie. Find them. And somebody could give a shout whenever they see one. That would be kind of fun. Anyway. My uh, my friend my friend Suzanne and I, um, in high school, we were we would part of the the theater group that would go and see the Rocky Horror Picture Show on a regular basis because it was every Friday night. Mm. It there was a theater in, in Wichita, Kansas that played it, and we would go not every weekend, but a lot. And the th- the thing is is that Every city has their own things they yell at the screen. Yeah. And we, back when we were, uh, <clears throat> back in our senior year, we're like, okay, let's go look at colleges. And we came up to Kansas City and we actually, the two of us were, you know, we're both considering stuff up here. And and uh, so we were like, hey, let's make a weekend of it. And we went up, came up here and we're like, oh, they've got a theater playing the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> and we went to it. And we were like, <laughs> you know those scenes where you see the the guy from the other sports team who's seated seated in the wrong uh, right. side of things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's, everyone just looks at him. Yeah, that was us because we were like we called out stuff and people would just look at us and it's like, is that what not what you guys say here? And they're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> we say this. They're oh, regional. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So every, 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 they've all got their little, you know, there's some broad stroke stuff where everybody says the same things, but there's some of that detail stuff ends up being uh, very personal to the place you, you watch the film in. And that's cool too. So, 
check that stuff out, folks, if you have the opportunity. Uh, audience participation films, um, they're rare. They really are, mm-hmm. and they should be treasured. I've got a, I guess, I got a, I got a couple, I got a few Easter eggs back here, I guess you could say, because I've got now, I've got two. An abundance of Easter eggs. I have, I have a, a, a George Dickel uh, whiskey bottle. That's the Saurian brandy bottle from Star Trek. I've got one of those back there. And then I've got two, uh, mm-hmm. two uh, uh, flash handles that eventually became the lightsabers. I've got the, the original unmodifieds up there. And I've got the, uh, the, uh, I don't know if you'd consider the the apple back there, the Macintosh, an uh, Easter egg. Um, I don't know. Anyway, all right. Okay, so <clears throat> I guess that's going to be it for us tonight <laughs> because I don't want to <laughs> cough up a lung on live TV. I just, you know, it's just, I, I think I'm going to go. Those are not the kind of views TV. we're looking for. No, no, no. I mean, it would be an interesting horror film, maybe. You know, well, uh, we would but, definitely get a lot of replay, but yeah, but but not here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. right. That's going to do it for us tonight, folks. Thanks very much for being here. Uh, don't forget, you can connect with us on various different social media platforms and the different video platforms. We are on Odyssey and Rumble, so you can connect with us over there. You can connect with us on Twitch. We do have plans for Twitch, plans and schemes uh, going into the new year. And also want to uh, remind everyone that we have, let me see if I've got this in the right place. I don't think this is the right one because, nope, it has the old times on it. <coughs> Live from the bunker, uh, which is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, on December, 31st, uh, December 30th, which is a Friday, our 500th episode. Uh, our 500th installment of Live from the Bunker will be will be on the air, and that's where we'll be making some announcements and some different things going on, so join us for that. In the meantime, feel free to check out any of the rest of the videos. And uh, no, we are not getting a Twitch hot tub for Mindy. I, that's 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 where I, I draw the line. We'll put Tim. It, Tim can have one over there, but not we're not no. going to do the hair. We get a fire no. pit. We may get a fire pit. But uh, anyway, we're not right. we're not doing that over here either. No, that's that's no. <laughs> okay, thanks very much for being here, folks. Good night. Have a good night. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio, copyright 2022, by Flaming Dog Media LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi for Me Radio. 